Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Good morning. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you are here, because it says we're two or three gathered, that you, you're, you're not just your, your uh, omnipresence that's everywhere, but your, your tangible presence is here. And we thank you for that, Lord, and we just pray that you would open up our hearts to hear your revelation, and we pray, Lord, that you would articulate everything that comes out of my mouth, that it would be your words, and we thank you, Lord, that we get to gather. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How are you all this morning? Are you good? That's good. Well, you're not smiling though. No, I'm joking, joking. <laughs> uh, my name's John Mez, and it's so good to be here uh, this morning. Uh, we, we did plan to do a song, um, but we just thought we'll, we'll do that at the end and then have a little bit of time at the end just to worship uh, God. Uh, but it's so good to be here. Uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. And I, to be honest, I actually missed you guys. You know, I... I, I, I feel like a genuine connection because I've been on the journey here, driving up the mountain, you know, to hear from God. No, <laughs> but it's, it's really good. And this morning, wasn't it spectacular? The weather is just beautiful. It's the calm before the storm. So tie down everything you need to. And uh, we need your prayer for England, okay, tonight. Uh, and um, that we would uh, win against Italy. Uh, yes, yes, uh, sorry if anyone loves Italy, uh, <laughs> you guys are always winning, uh, but it's good. Uh, so uh, we planted church, my wife and I, what, f- four and a half years ago now, and you guys helped support us and that, and so uh, since then we- we've had a couple of babies, and so this is our family at the moment, there's Sarah, um, and there's Luca, he's our one-year-old, and Lexi, she's our three-year-old. And uh, it's her birthday next week. And uh, Lexi's actually as old as our church, which is cool. Um, and it's amazing. Corey Turner sort of prophesied over us two years before we started our church. Um, Sarah and I were having difficulties in uh, having a baby. And he prophesied that the son's becoming a father spiritually and naturally. And uh, two years later, the week we started our preview services was the same week that Sarah became pregnant. Uh, how incredible is God's Word? Um, and yeah, yeah, God's good. That's God in there. And um, it's just incredible. And so when I, when I figure out, when, when Sarah, Lexi, sorry, not, not Sarah. Sarah doesn't go through tantrums. Uh, <laughs> or does she? No, she doesn't. She's great. Uh, but when Lexi goes through like her tantrums or terrible twos and threes, I'm like, this is the same age as what our church is at. We're probably going through our terrible twos and threes and, you know, all that. So it, it, is, it is really, it's exciting. Um, so my, they keep me, me um, pretty uh, occupied. So Luca, I, I took Luca out. I was like, oh, you know, I bought a jet ski. I was like, oh, why don't you, Luca helped me uh, test the jet ski out. And we're, we're sort of just putting around in it towards Liberth Key. And I looked over to see whether he was enjoying it. And this is what, this is what it was doing. He was sleeping. He's just sleeping. He's like, Dad, I'm just bored, you know? It's not, it's not fun enough for me, you know? So I think he's got my adrenaline genes to a whole nother level. Uh, so please pray for us. Pray for us. Um, 
And uh, I just thought it, it would be good. I, I know that you guys are coming to a season of prayer um, and, and worship. And I, I wanted to help set it up and, and hopefully uh, teach you something uh, from the Scripture. So why don't we open to Luke 11, verse number 1 to 4. And uh, as you open up there, have it on the screen. Uh, so our, our church at the moment, we, we're what, four, four and a bit years old, four and a half years old now. And uh, we, we are also helping and we're partnered with another church. Um, and no one ever gets it. Whenever I tell them, they just stare at me and they're like, are you serious? Uh, we, we are connected with um, Bicton Uniting Church. And so the youngest person is 60 in that church. And the oldest is around 95, 97 years of age. And, and so I, I went from youth alive to barely alive. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> and and the pe- it's hilarious. People are like, how did you end up here? I'm like, um, one of them taught me in scriptural religious education in Bicton Primary School. And somehow they, they just reached out for some help. And I was like, well, we can help. And why not? Uh, just because a church doesn't have your name on doesn't mean another church can't help it. Right? And, and so we, um, we, you know, I read like, love your neighbor, but yet churches don't help other churches. And so I'm like, well, we can, so why not? That's what a Christian does, right? If you can, why not? And so uh, we, we've, we've just helped there in the last, it's been two years now, and we're, we're almost ready to launch. And, and we're not going to change, we don't want to change their, um, their old, it's like a hymn style with the organ or the piano, and everyone just sings. They don't have worship leaders, they just sing all together. And being in sort of like an ACC church, you know, for the last 15 years in my life, it's actually quite nice to go to something that's a little bit more reflective and the hymns, and I've quite enjoyed it. People are like, oh, how do you go in that? I'm like, I love it. It's, you know, it's just good to be in a different environment. But we, um, we're going to continue doing what they're doing, and then we're actually going to plant another service, a 5 p.m. service for them that's going to reach young families and, and younger people. And, and our prayer is that, that when, when we do that, that it'll have a future. And, um, and that's what they want. They want a future. And I think every church is in the same place. We, we all want a future. We, we, we all believe. And I think more than ever before, it's funny because they're like, oh, so what church, you know, what denomination are you? Well, we're sort of like not non-denominational, but we're like cross-denominational now. You know, like we've got a little bit in, um, you know, Uniting Church and a little bit in ACC. And it's just good to be a part of the kingdom. And, and that's why I, I love here because I know you guys are kingdom people. And so, and I'm praying, I'm praying that that next season will be so clear for you guys. But let's read. Now, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, give us this day uh, our daily bread as we forgive those who sin. Sorry, let me just say that again. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I know we've all heard of this, right? We've all read it. We all know it. Yes, I read it wrong. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but right here, the title of my message today is Why Pray? Why Pray? 
You see, if we're going to learn how to pray, there's no other person that I would rather know or learn from than Jesus himself with how we pray. And what's quite perplexing here is they were immersed in a city and a culture that revolved around praying to God. They're growing up as Jews in Jewish nation. And so a lot of the time, the Israelites, they had set prayers for everything. Waking up, going to sleep, for rest, for food. They would pray a minimum of three times a day, as we see in Daniel in the Bible. He gets thrown into the lion's den. Why? Because he prayed to God in those three times. That they always did it in their, um, their Jewish culture was to pray. So, it is not that the disciples are not familiar with prayer, but they saw the difference of their prayers and Jesus' prayers. Wow! They saw something different, and so they asked Him, how teach us? Rabbi, teach us how to pray. So, they realized that they were not doing it right. You know, the Bible says that Jesus prayed all night. Well, I could have given him a couple of tips, yeah? Anyone here could have given him a couple of tips? If he's praying all night, he's probably not doing it right, yeah? <laughs> he's, he's going in there, he's praying all night. Maybe he had some real big issues. Maybe that's why he was praying all night. Maybe Jesus was just a bad prayer, all right? Maybe, who knows? But uh, if the disciples who were eating, walking, and in daily connection with Jesus had to ask because they were not doing it right, then maybe we need to ask the very same question. Jesus, how do we pray? Maybe we aren't praying right. Whoa. Uh, you know, Jesus gives us this model prayer. Yeah, this is not the prayer, Celine Dion, you know. This is the model prayer. We need to understand that this is a model prayer and not how to pray all the time, but it's the model around it. I love it that Jesus doesn't just give us um, the answer to our problem, but he teaches us principles so we can work out any problem with the principles and convictions that we already know. And I love that because uh, I've spent a lot of time on Staten Quarry and Boyer Quarry being a... Uh, a roping instructor and I've done many rescues and that but in in learning how to set it up and how you do it they don't teach you how to set up look this is what you need this is the knot you need to tie this is what you need to tie it around and then this is what this is how you need to rig it up they don't tell you that they tell you the principles of rigging because every scenario that you go to in any rock face, in any place, it's always different. It's never the same. And you need to work out not just how to do it one way, but the principles. And then you can adapt it to always. And that's what I love about Jesus. Is he teaches us how to adapt with the principles that he teaches. How to adapt to any scenario in life. So before he teaches us how to pray. And um, he then teaches us how not to pray. So, in Matt uh, 6, verse 5, it says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they learn to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. The disciples saw something different. They all prayed to be compliant to the law and therefore compliant to God. 
And as people became entrenched in this prayer tradition, the why was replaced with the what. And something that was supposed to connect us to God became a religious ritual that lost its value. Have you ever lost the value of trying to drive home and not realize how you got there? Anyone? You just, it was just autopilot. You didn't have to learn. Well, that's the same in prayer. We can do it in autopilot. And yes, we can tick the box of prayer, but did we actually pray? And, and I'm not saying that you didn't, but it's, the, it's not just the what. Oh, I need to pray. I need to pray. I need. No, but it needs to be the why. Why are we praying? So, Jesus prayed out of conviction, uh, not condemnation. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to uh, condemn us, yeah, but the Holy Spirit comes to convict us, to bring an awareness, to bring a, whoa, this is what you can have. And there was a conviction with Jesus and his praying. So, there was something so important That is why he prayed regularly. And in Matthew 20, verse 40, in the message, it says here, when he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. He said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert, be in prayer so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There is a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God, but There's another part that is lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. You know, we need to pray from compliance to conviction. That prayer needs to not just be something that we we should do, but there should be a conviction of why we are praying. Praying is not, is it about ticking a box in your life? Is it about ticking that box? Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I used to catch a lot of buses, you know, from school or going to school. And the idea is catching the bus. So, but to catch the bus, what I needed to do is I needed to wait at the bus stop. And when I would go to the bus stop, I would wait. Sometimes the bus would be early, which is great. You just hop straight on and you catch it. But sometimes it would be a little late. Now, if it was just about waiting at the bus stop, then say I did my five minutes, all right, yep, I've done my five minutes, and then I just walk back home. Who knows I wasn't going to catch the bus. And sometimes in prayer, we need to go, why are we praying? We pray to catch the bus, not to wait at the bus stop. We pray so we can have a connection with God the Father, not so we can wait at the bus stop. Prayer is like waiting at the bus stop. But it's so we can catch the bus. It's so God can speak to us. It's so we can have this open connection with God. And sometimes we can, you know, and this is me in this category, we can bring down prayer to be a part of just ticking a box where we just pray. And we don't actually feel like we have a connection with God or we had God speak to us. We literally just did like a a monologue, (laughs) this is what I want you to do for me, (laughs) and keep me safe. (laughs) And then we go on our way, we don't actually connect with God. So we see Jesus, he prays right through, and maybe he prayed right through the night, not because of, of, um, 
Maybe it was more about him getting to a place where he's, he's given, he's surrendered over to God. And I'm going to go there a little bit later. But um, yeah, we don't pray to be seen or to tick a box, but we pray to connect with God. In Matthew 6 verse 5, but when you pray, it says, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. You see, prayer builds intimacy with God. Prayer builds intimacy with God. God has gifted us with prayer to build our intimacy with Himself. Prayer is a conversation with God. Uh, you know, when I think about um, intimacy and, and the conversation, it's so we can develop our relationship with God. You know, I grow my relationships with people through having conversations with them. And I'm sure you do the same. When we converse, we get to know them and we get to know them more and, um, and deeper. You know, um, an absence of conversation or intimacy is a bad sign in a marriage or marriage couples. You know, uh, that would be a bad sign when, when there isn't that conversation, where there isn't that intimacy um, it is an alarm bells. And uh, so uh, it was five years ago, we, we finished our, up in our older church. Uh, for 10 years, I'd been on staff full-time as the youth pastor there. And I felt my season was up and um, I knew God has, had called me to plant a church. Um, and we sort of took this 10 years, I, I, my long service leave, and we're like, what do we do? And it was in the middle of two seasons, so we said to my wife, oh, why don't we just go away for four and a half months? And so we just booked one flight going to London and the other one coming back from LA. And we just went, and where do we want to go tomorrow? All right, and it's great. In Europe, you sort of just go around. And I know this is pre-COVID times. (laughs) And uh, it's funny, but before we are going on this trip, I was a little bit worried because we had never spent that much time together. Okay, (laughs) four and a half months together, uh, you can just imagine, I'm like, this is either going to break our marriage, (laughs) or this is going to be great for our marriage, because we'd been busy, she was doing her job, I was mine, and we were serving in the church, we didn't have a lot of time together, and I'm like, I I wonder what's going to happen, but it's amazing, through that, we learnt, we learnt to spend more time together, we learnt how to be there, and we learned how to sit and not talk, praise the Lord. Um, there were times where it was just in the presence, it was, it was good, but we also learned how to do this. But something that I've discovered through, you know, uh, well, it's only been 11 and a half years in marriage, but is that um, we can have conversations at a surface level, Or we can dig down. And you know what? When you're in four and a half months and you're seeing everyone every day with them, experiencing everything, you tend to, the surface runs out. You know, the surface level stuff runs out. But digging deeper, knowing more and going back in some memories and talking about things, good and bad, that have happened, it it dug a deepness, an intimacy, because it was deeper things. It was issues. And sometimes in our lives, in our, our prayers with God, we can keep it real surface level. We can keep it, God, make sure I've just got some provision and keeping me safe and all. And that's not bad. That you know, Surface is where you start. But 
What, what about going into maybe some of those deep areas? God, I'm really struggling with this. And allow Him into your life in those areas. And you watch your depth with God. It will grow a deeper faith because you'll have a deeper intimacy. And, and we don't talk about that a lot in church. We just say, hey, just come up the front and someone will pray for you and then you'll be good. Sometimes there's a, there's a one-on-one personal level of intimacy and, and connection that we need that we can't get from someone else's prayer or someone else's prayer life. It's our own prayer life. So our time together um, built in my marriage with, with Sarah, built a deeper intimacy and a stronger bond between us And God wants a deeper intimacy and a stronger bond with you. So, you know, when we get into this place, Jesus is saying, hey, he's saying, build a habitual place to pray. Something that's habit. Something that you get, close the doors. How do you create a habit? You've got to find a rhythm. A lot of people tell me, John, how do you get it right? How do you get, you know, church and family and and God, all all that right. And they're like, how do you balance it? I'm like, it's not a balance. If I balance right here, I'll never be able to walk forward. It's only when I put, I shift my weight to one side of my feet and then I shift it to the other that I'm able to walk forwards. And that's a rhythm. It's a rhythm that we understand with our weight. We shift our weight. And in life, there's seasons where we need to shift our weight, shift our weight. And it sounds like in Calamunda Church of Christ, there's a weight that's shifting towards prayer and worship for this season, especially with with what's happening for the future of the church. And praise God that as you shift, God is going to bring some great clarity. Amen. God is going to bring that great breakthrough in this place. And it's not about being seen. It's about just connecting with God and having and being in God's purpose and in His plan. So um, it says here, Matthew 6 verse 7, let's go on. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need uh, even before you ask him. You know, I remember being in some services where they go over and yabba, 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 shama, shama, ding dong, this and that. And, you know, that's sort of the, some of the services I've, I've sat in in my time. And I'm like, haven't they read the Bible? <laughs> uh, it's funny. But you know what? Um, we've all got our, you know, issues and all that sort of stuff. But I like it. I like it that God isn't like a just keep on repeating, 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 repeating. Um, but he's like, you just got to say it. You just got to say it. Pray it because prayer is personal. It's about you and God. It's about opening up to him. It's not about just going through these this list of things and this and that and, and that. But it's personal. And, and you know, after being a, a dad for a little bit, I've, I've got a lot of kids that you know, they know how to just, yep, 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 you know, Dad, can we have a lolly, can we have a lolly, can we have a lolly, can we have a lolly? And I've just been really good at tuning those, those out of that voice, out of my head, out of my mind. My wife is like, how do you do it? And I'm like, it's a skill that I've been working on my whole life. <laughs> it gets me in trouble in my, <laughs> with my wife as well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we don't just want to be like that with God. 
you know, we, if he's our father, we don't just want to, yip, 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 you know, we want to just have this, God, can you help me here? And, and then leave it to him. We don't need to be loud. We don't need to be long. We don't need to be intense. You know, it doesn't need to be lots of words. It's, it's whatever you want to do. It's, it's your communicating to God. And you might be a words person, and that's great. Go for it. You might just be a person that isn't a words person. Well, maybe just sit there and just think. You might be a meditator. I love that about God. Is he doesn't give us, this is what you need to do. He gives us a whole variance of things to connect in prayer with him. Um, and I love that because God knows us. So why do we pray if he already knows? Because God already knows all of what we need. He already knows what we need, when we need it. He said that. You don't need a Babylon. I know what you need. So why do we pray? Jesus tells us that he reveals how to pray. He says, in this manner, verse 9, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer starts with worship. Okay, prayer isn't actually about God and getting Him to do everything. Prayer is actually more about us and getting us to bring alignment and change into our own life. And how do we do that? We do it first in worship. Hallowed be your name. When we come to God, do we come asking first or do we come in how He said to come in adoration, in thanksgiving? Right? What's that verse? In thanksgiving, present your request to God. Isn't that an oxymoron? In thanksgiving, present your requests. You know, how do you do that? It's, it's the heart that we have, not just to come and take, but one that's so grateful for what we already have. And so when we come to God, you know, it's, it's our elevation of God, prayer is. It's God, you're awesome, amazing, kind, loving, giving, gracious, etc. God lives at a whole nother level to me because I worship Him. Whatever we worship, we magnify. That's why people can get really anxious and fearful and worried because they're magnifying the wrong things in their life. But when we worship, when we come in, in prayer, when we start with worship, God, you're awesome. We, we magnify how, God, how big God is in our lives. Therefore, when we take that connected to what our issues are, of course they're small. Of course our issues are tiny compared to when we magnify God. So he's awesome. Worship shifts our perspective, lifts up God. You know, maybe sometimes I've found myself having a blocked perspective and worship has helped me unblock it because my perspective has been my issue and problem that seems massive and huge and I forget how big God is because He is so much bigger, stronger and mightier than my issue and it changes the way I then pray. It changes the way I connect with God. When we position ourselves into alignment with God, we truly realize how majestic God is. In Matthew 6 verse 10, he then says, Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The fifth point, prayer leads us to a place of surrender. So we worship Him first, then we come and we surrender to Him. We were all about my kingdom. Yeah, before you knew Jesus, it was about me. It was about my house, my car, my life, and my family, and all that. But when we said yes to Jesus, it changed to His kingdom. 
You know, we, we, we die so Christ can live in us. And it changed to being about God, His kingdom. And as followers of Christ, we surrender our kingdom for the kingdom. And I think we need it. There's, there's a big kingdom movement, I think, more and more and more. Surrender is not giving up. When we uh, give broken pieces to God, He works all things together for good. And that's where we come to Him. God, we give you your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And surrender is not easy. How long does it say, take for you to say, your kingdom come and your will be done? It took me years. It took me years to get to a place where I was like, okay, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Um, Jesus, it took him all night to say, your kingdom come and your will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, not my will. This is Jesus saying, so not my kingdom, not my plans, but your will be done. Take this cup from me, but not, not my will, but your will being done. Wow, that's powerful. It's not about the length of words, but the condition of our hearts at the time. Prayer changes things. Uh, most of all, prayer changes us. We realign our lives in the power and will of God. And once we're all in this place positioning, sorry, once we are in this place of positioning and alignment, then Jesus says, then ask. Wow. So we worship him. Then we surrender to him. And then he says, now ask. And then he says, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. If I can have the worship team, we're going to land this. Jesus then releases us to ask. See, verse number six, prayer takes us to a place of reality. It's then when he's like, yeah, then you, you go, ask what you need and that. And then we have this place where, wow, Jesus asks us to, re- sorry, Jesus then releases us to ask our needs, our food, our forgiveness, and our protection. Wow. Isn't that powerful? I don't know about you, but I've been praying wrong until I studied the scripture four or five years ago, studied the scripture. I just thought prayer was all about asking God what I needed. I just thought God isn't. And sometimes we can, our idea of God and that, it can be focused around ourselves. It can. Now, we when one puts himself at the center of the universe, it's actually us saying me first. It's actually a prideful thing. And it's actually, a, a, it's our, our fallen nature is that, is me, myself, and I. And it's amazing that that same fallen nature was the same nature that, that Lucifer fell because he was like, everyone should worship me. Everyone look at me. Wow, that's where it all comes from. Me. It's Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden. And he says, you could be like God, knowing good and evil. Wow, I could know. I. It's me. It's me. We could know everything. 
You know, we want to know everything. But God is a God of mystery. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't want us to know everything. He's a God of... Without mystery, we wouldn't need faith. Without knowing everything, we wouldn't need any faith. Without the unknown, the uncertain. And I always say this. The opposite of faith, we think is fear. But I, I truly believe the opposite of faith is certainty. And when we come to areas that are uncertain, areas that we, we don't know what's going to happen, we get really worried. But I think it's in that uncertain space is where God does the miracles because it requires faith. When Peter stepped out of the boat, it required faith. You know, I believe that this next season of church is going to require faith. Who's it going to be? What's going to happen? How? God isn't going to tell you everything. He likes the mystery because it creates uncertainty. And then there's an element of faith that you all will need to walk in as a church. And that's where God does His miracles. We like to live our lives in a signed, sealed, and delivered lifestyle. But God calls us to this, this journey, adventure of faith where we walk step by step. And we got to keep in prayer because it's Him who keeps us on track. It's Him. The prayers of a righteous man are ordered before the Lord. And I just want to open up in some prayer, some time of prayer. And I think we should all pray as a church. And I've got a couple of them on stage. Can we, can we put those slides? Um, first one, like souls, let's pray. A church always needs to be, have its heart set on souls. Um, when we don't, um, I, I think it's, I think it's just, there's no future without souls. Personal breakthrough. We all need personal breakthrough. Absolutely. Clarity and direction. We need that in our own lives personally, but also in our church. We need to pray into that. Uh, connect groups. We have life groups. Maybe you have small groups. Do you guys have groups? Yeah. I, I think every church needs small groups. I think it's this is not enough. Discipleship happens in small groups and the conversations. Finances. How do you spell vision? M-O-N-E-Y. <laughs> Without finance, the, the church can't do what it needs to do. You can't do what you need to do. We need that absolutely in healing. Healing emotionally, you know, mentally. But physically, we believe in everything. God can do all things. So why don't we just stand to our feet, church? And I just want to lead us in some prayer. Um, and it'd be great if, before we pray, why don't we just magnify God first? So do you want to lead us in a chorus or two? And then we'll come, we'll come in prayer. It'd be good.